Alright, welcome back to the Magic Cast, everybody. This is Greg, and I'm joined by Alex, Julian, and a very special guest. We've got Mina with us to talk all things Roma, but also we're going to take a little bit of a look at Juventus's first half, looking into the matchup between the two coming up, the first match after the break. Alex, Mina, Julian, first of all, Merry Christmas and uh, pre-Happy New Year's to everybody. Thanks, Greg. Thank you. Alright, so we had a couple results before uh, the holiday break came up, Roma with Milan and then Catania. So, Julian, give me just a, a real quick run-through of those games in in your mind uh, as far as Roma's progression goes, uh, looking at it against the whole season, before we get into a more of a first-half recap. Yeah, sure, actually. And, and when I'm done, I'd love to hear what Mina thinks, coming from uh, more of an outsider's perspective. But um, the, Mil- the Milan game I thought was pretty good. It was um, probably a fair result. I think we probably had a better first half, but... Uh, after the second, they, they kind of got more into it and, um, we, we really didn't turn up from a lot of the second half, which is funny. Under Garcia, we tend to have really good second halves. Um, but they play with a lot of pressure. They really stepped up to it. I thought Kaka was pretty influential. Balotelli was quiet up until his involvement in the second goal. Um, and we saw a rare mistake from Benatia, um, on Muntari's goal there, kind of letting him free in the box to shoot it in. Um, so just a general thought on that one. I thought a draw is probably a fair result. You know, we've Milan games in recent years kind of been in our favor a little bit, but there's been a lot of draws in there as well. So it's it's nothing crazy. Um, it kept the unbeaten streak going. Um, and again, you know, you look at Milan. Sometimes you think you look at their position in the table, and they they definitely have their fair share of issues. But somewhere in there is a good starting eleven. There is a good set of players. Agreed. And um, I I thought it was it was probably. You know, what Rudy, the least he would have wanted from the match would have been a draw. It kept us unbeaten. It gave us a point. And then um, it set us up for the Catania game, which actually I thought was a really, really good one. Um, and uh, just my quick highlight there was um, I thought Destro's goal, the second one, which was really just a mistake from the goalkeeper, was kind of vital because up until then I thought they kept pushing and they looked like they might have got back into it. But once we had that one, we were a little bit more assured, more in control. And... Um, we saw the formation kind of worked without De Rossi and Strutman there. Um, and so I was happy that we ended this, that, that, the first half of the season on a really good note before the winter break. Uh, always take a 4-0, and we saw three goals again in the second half, which was good. Yeah, I think it was uh, you, you're pretty much spot on with all those points. The, the return of uh, Destro the last few games uh, has been great. Um, he's been able to get on the score sheet, which is also fantastic from a confidence perspective from him. And then certainly, uh, Totti coming back, shifting a little bit to 4-2-3-1, um, as opposed to the 4-3-3 that Garcia has favored. I think it was a really, really smart move, uh, to get the most, um, out of the players that he had available to him, as well as cover for missing Dorossi and Strutman. So, good marks, uh, all around. From the Catania game, and, and yeah, not not much really to say about Milan. I mean, they could have taken it, they could have lost it. So, like you said, I think a draw is is the uh, the fair result. Alex, just from anything you've come across, is there anything you want to kind of uh, hit on those before we get to Mina's comments? Mm, I can only say that the the Destro. It's a, I'm very happy to see Destro so playing a vital part already, and. Uh, and also to see that we managed to to um, cope without the Russian Strutman. All right, let's uh, shift gears a little bit and talk a little bit more uh, first half for Roma. And, and we've had the podcast running just a little bit over three years now. And certainly we've covered the topic many, many times uh, throughout the first half of the season. So let's, we, we kind of, point is we kind of know our thoughts. Let's get somebody else's thoughts. I mean, we're going to bring you in right now and just kind of, Take a look at from from the outside, looking at what Roma has done, looking at where they were last year and where they are now. Give us the outsider, but yet also expert opinion uh, on on what you feel this Roma team actually is. Well, I can't say what was thank Baldini. Thank God you got rid of him. Um, I was never his biggest fan. <laughs> Let's be honest. I think that you've done so much better without him and I think that it's been a really good choice and really, really Garcia. I was so not that pleased with that recruitment just because I wasn't sure this guy was capable of doing it in Serie A. He's got a great, usually he's quite good with setting out a team but when it comes to tinkering in the middle of the match I wasn't sure he was going to do it in the same way that uh, Serie A coaches usually are very fluent at doing. Right. However, I've been made to swallow my words. 
wow to Benatia, best purchase ever, because finally <laughs> she didn't know how to defend. It's so weird to see a Roma side that know how to defend. Um, <laughs> Javinho and stuff. I have, I've got to say, like, as in when Javinho came, there's a really funny story somebody told me, but the first thing was someone went up to Destro and was like, oh, you guys bought Javinho, and he goes, what? Are they crazy? <laughs> He's terrible. <laughs> but then he turned out to be really good for you guys. Um, again, he does do a lot of mistakes, but you can so overlook that because he also does so much right. But if he didn't get those right, you would really spot the amount of mistakes that he does in each game. Uh, nonetheless, I squad, mainly because of the fact that you have a beautiful midfield. Um, second, thank you very much. Ours is a little bit better. But <laughs> other than that, I, I don't know. I, I do think that you're still a little bit dependent on Totti. And you know how I feel about being dependent on a veteran. So <laughs> you've got to get rid of that. But I'm glad that you could defend. If you can defend, you can get there to the end. You know, one of the things that, that speaking is specifically as it relates to Juve, not just in the midfield, and I made this uh, comment to the uh, Chequartista podcast guys um, that Roma had that that large run, and when you looked at their relationship in the standings, they were still they still only had a three or five, you know, at different points uh, point lead, which for as much as as success as they had had, it didn't really buy them a whole lot. It could have lost them a lot if they hadn't kept that pace up, but it didn't really buy them a whole lot. Mm. So I think it was really vital for them to kind of have that success, really, just to survive. I mean, it's it's crazy, and it's a, a huge credit to the, the job uh, that Juventus has done, that they pretty much needed to play perfect or at least unbeaten to, you know, remain close to where Juventus was. And, you know, even though they've been unbeaten, those those draws that they had in the, you know, after the, the win streak ended, obviously is, is the difference in... Uh, the standings right now. So, um, good, but still work to do, I guess, is, is one way we can, uh, we can look at that. And, and, uh, certainly, yeah, uh, Benatia has been fantastic. Um, Strutman has been great, you know, as you said, a part of that, that great midfield that they have. And yeah, I mean, it, the exposure of the reliance on Totti was shown during that, those series of draws. Yeah. Um, conversely, when he returned, you know, how the offense seemed to kind of, you know, gel and click a little bit again. Alex? Yeah, I mean, it's, he came back, but he hasn't uh, really um, uh, reached that level he, he, he was before the in injury. I see your point, Mina, because I, I think everyone agrees that we're too dependent on, on, a, on a veteran. I mean, he's 37 years old. Uh, but we tried to replace him with Lamella, and now we have Jajic and Pjanic, and... Even though he's he's gone and you have very good talented players to to step in, it, it doesn't seem to be enough. No, so I don't see how we can solve that problem uh, mm -hmm. quickly enough because it's it, it will be a huge task for the next guy to step into his shoes when he's gone. So um, I don't know if we have that player in the squad right now, but hopefully we have. Uh, but, uh, you know, as long as he he plays like he does, I, I, I think we can still depend on, on him, maybe even for next season. But, you know, every guy I know at work, they tell me, you know, it's something wrong with the whole Roma team when, when your best player is 37 years old. Um, you know, it's... <laughs> it's uh, it But do you think it's psychological rather than actual... I'm, okay, I'm not... I actually think he's probably one of the best... I even think he might even have been better than Badger, despite the fact that I've never liked him as a character. But having said that, do you think that maybe it's a little bit psychological how dependent you are? When he's on the pitch, you'll give him the ball, you'll make space for him, you'll look to him as your leader. And when he's not, you feel like your levels drop a little bit. It's hard to say, but when you have a player that can keep the ball and very seldomly loses it, you know, you, you want that player to in the team that, you know, certain players, when they have the ball, they just keep running and maybe don't have the same kind of patience he has. Um, so I don't know, it, it might be, but um, it's probably just that he's uh, a world-class player and one of the best in Italian history. And I agree with you on the Baggio point because uh, Baggio up till 2000 was my favorite player and then Totti replaced him due to the to the rare 
you know, quality in, uh, I saw in him. So I think it's a combination of many things, maybe. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I do think there is a, a psychological nature to to it, but in a in a positive way, so to speak. You know, like uh, you, there's so much confidence that they have in him. Uh, that he's going to find the open guy or, or be able to create space or, or like Alex was saying, hold on to the ball and hold it up for, for the rest of the, of play. Um, so I, I, trying to replace him with, uh, could be's is di- always going to be difficult. I think you need to look for somebody that's maybe a little bit more established in that kind of a role where even somebody like, uh, Laich, who's, you know, he's had some success in the league, but he's still very, very raw and young. Same with, uh, Pjanic. Uh, I, I think if they're looking to find somebody that can accurately at least take some of that load, it's going to have to be somebody that's that's been around the block a little bit more, that's been a little bit more successful and understands what that kind of role is like uh, than to put all that heap all that pressure on on uh, on these guys. I um I disagree to an extent, and I'll, I'll lay out my case here in terms of um in terms of Totti's uh, being reliant on Totti. Because when we look at it, um, once he went down injured against Napoli, we also lost Jorginho that game, but we won 2-0, and I believe we won the next game without either of them. And then the draws came, but if you look at our front line during that time, we were missing an entire front line. It wasn't just Dolti. It was Jorginho, who had been having a great season up until then, yep. and Destro, who, who would have been, presumably, and has since been, since he's came back, the, the first choice to play when Dolti can't. Um, so we had Marco Borriello really leading the line for us, and it's it's not really much of a surprise that the goals dried up when he was playing up front. Um, as soon as Destro came back, we've since hit two goals at least a game. He Destro hit the second goal against Fiorentina. Um, he played, scored a goal against Milan, and he scored the second against Catania. So in three games, he's had three goals and an assist. We're better when Totti's on the pitch. No denying it, but I don't think the draws were necessarily just because he was out. I think it's because we were missing an entire front line, and that's really, really hard to to recreate. Um, no, I agree with that. I agree with that. So he's a great player, and believe me, I wish he were still 10 years younger. But I think a lot of those draws could have been wins if we had Destro back because we've seen how good he's been since coming back. Um, and he's still gaining match fitness. He's still trying to work his way into the game. Um, but again, I think the bigger problem is that Marco Borriello is still on the books here. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but our, and our, our finishing, in, in all honesty, was quite terrible in, in a lot of those games. Um, a lot of chances, uh, you know, one on the goalkeeper or, or decent shots inside the box that either yeah. were and right some at of those goalies team. had spectacular games, spectacular games against us. Yep. So, but I think if we want to point to differences, you know, those are games maybe we, we lost last year. Uh, because right. we didn't have the good defense that Mina pointed out in in, uh, in her review, so points are are good. Winning streak was good. Uh, undefeated streak is good, but there have been some holes that have been identified, and it'll be very interesting to see what Sabatini does uh, during the winter break. The last couple of breaks, it's been very well documented that Roma has done very very little, um, but I think this year. Looking at how much they've achieved and how close they are to, to tasting, uh, returning to the Champions League, I think you're going to see a little bit different strategy. But uh, I don't think you need anyone. Do you think you need to buy this winter break? Uh, we, I think there's some depth issues in midfield and, and defense that we could definitely use some help with. Guys, yeah, I would, I would take a, uh, a creative midfielder kind of as a backup to Pjanic, but I think, uh, it's, it's important to stress that, you know, Garcia said that the real goal this winter break is more, not to lose anyone. So he really doesn't want to lose any of the team. And Baldissoni has said not to expect much on the market. So I'm not, you know, not that they're going to come out and say who they're going to buy, but I'm not really expecting a terrible amount of activity. You don't want to disrupt the, the atmosphere in the team as well, because exactly. I think it's, it's, uh, very good at the moment. So too much, you know, transfer activity might create some kind of uncertainty in the group. So um, You are linked with Nangolan. Yeah, again. That, which is, uh, I think that's a, a, an, an okay move to do uh, if you're planning to offload uh, Bradley or Marquinhos. So um, I don't know if that's the most important area on the, on the pitch to, uh, to fix. I think left-back maybe is... is is the uh, the first um, 
thing that comes to mind if we want to do. I uh, like Dodo. Yeah, Julian likes him as well. Um, I mean, he's a little bit crazy and uh, a little bit off the I, cuff, but he can be really entertaining to watch. Yeah, I think he's a little underrated. I think he doesn't get enough credit for what he does. No, and I also think some of the decisions he makes are not as bad as people make out because you can understand why he did them. Does, does that make sense? I think yeah, yeah. it's been an execution problem for us much more than a, a decision-making process. I think generally the players have had the right ideas. They just have no ability or or, or sense of how to get it done. He's, he's so young, Greg, and this is his, his first real season starting in City. I think... You know, if if we do make it to the Champions League, we're going to have to reinvest, and I would like a, a you know a better caliber left back. But I would like to keep him around, either like on a co-ownership deal or um, loan him out for a season to get him more Serie A experience. But I think he can be good one day, and he's yeah, pretty I good, right? No problem with any of that. Yeah, but we we, we talk about the, the subject on on the left back as uh, Balzaretti doesn't exist, and that's the case. I think we need someone uh, yeah. beside Dodo and not uh, Balzaretti. I mean, barring Juventus, Roma, I see, are the only proper challengers. But saying realistically, outside of Juventus, which, to be honest, I'm, I'm a little bored of watching Juve at the moment. Not, not because I don't think that they are brilliant and everything, but it's because of that. It's because I don't really, I feel sad now and not really taking up the challenge like they used to. It's so, oh, it's Juventus, you know, we'll just defend. <laughs> and it's just not that much fun watching it at the moment. Whereas, Napoli, it's fun because you feel like science can beat them. And I thought they were a lot stronger going forward. But I've, I've started to realize how dependent they are on Iguain and, and not just what he does going forward, but I think his tactical play as well. They've got yeah. a nice squad and everything, but there are several weaknesses that they need to address. Whereas when you look at Roma, they're a much more fluid entity at the moment. And um, so they're... They're much scarier as a prospect to face as a Juve fan than, let's say, Napoli. I, I totally agree. And I think Napoli's biggest problem, I, I don't think you can challenge uh, for the Scudetto with a, uh, when you uh, have a defense like that. I mean, you have yeah. to defend better. I mean, you have a, a, an excellent uh, attack, but the defense is not working. And then yeah. it's, it, you know, it doesn't scare me, to be honest. Let's take a look at the, the upcoming match then. Uh, January 5th and looking at, I mean, outside of the, the fluid play that Roma has that you mentioned, what are the things that are concerning you specifically as it relates to, uh, maybe holes that Juventus has that Roma may exploit? So as a, as a Juve fan and, and Calcio, uh, personality, um, what, what are you, what do you, what do you think? <laughs> Uh, you know, what are the things that are concerning you going into the match? What's concerning me, I have to say, is as much as Juve are good defensively, I do worry sometimes that the wing-backs don't track back as much as they used to last season. It's, it's a little bit of a lax approach. Everything that we have conceded on this occasion, this season, has been either because Isla's forgotten to drop down or Quadwarsamo has made a mistake or, the you know, the midfield three is so... Pogba or something not pushing back. That's how we. That's how we lost it against Galatasaray on both occasions. Um, that's what happened against Fiorentina in these big matches. You'll find that there comes to be this little bit of a scary edge to it defensively. So I'm. I am a little bit worried about the vertical and the quick approach of Javinho. Not that anything of his finishing worries me. I think we can deal with that. Um, but it, it, that for me is the biggest thing. And and because. We don't do very well with fast runs, so I, we need to watch that. It does get a little bit confusing. Hopefully, there will be the first 11, because that's where you can actually punish us. Um, other than that, it's also a case of, despite the fact that we have Tevez and Llorente, they're still not, for me, my favorite two people in the whole world going forward. And against a defense that's considered only seven, it's worrying. Uh this is it. If we, unless we're super intense for 90 minutes where you're feeling a little bit overwhelmed, I am worried about that going forward. So let's, let's reverse the tables then and say, where do you feel that Juve has the advantage over Roma? As much as I think your midfield is wonderful, and I genuinely think your midfield is wonderful, I think ours is that tiny bit more balanced. Um, I, but again, it's very dependent on whether or not Pirlo will actually be available for the game. So he's come back early. He's already training. Tomorrow right. there'll be a double session when Conte comes back. He's dying to be there for the game. 
Um, without him, I don't think we have that fluency and I, and I think that passing and that ability to play different dimensions. Uh, what we have this season, which we didn't have last season, is that now if you press us high up the pitch, we can overcome that, which we didn't do last year. Now we've got that long ball approach. We can do that. Llorente is up front. There is a reference point. We can cross a little bit better. But um, Pirlo is so effective if we if we are going to play against that midfield. Without Pirlo, your midfield might just control. So uh, even with Pogba and Marquisio and all of that. But I love Marquisio, and I think that he's been really harshly dulled by this season, and everyone keeps yelling and saying he's just not good enough. But... I actually think that he could be quite effective against Roma just because he's quite good at uncovering space. And defensively, he's really strong. He knows how to direct everyone to get back to their positions. But it's unlikely that he will play if Pirlo's there. Uh, I, I remember I watched the uh, Roma-Juventus game last season. Well, it, it, that was at home, was, of course. Uh, the away game went much more... We don't talk about <laughs> the away game. Yeah, the Marquez <laughs> game. <laughs> Well, I, I, I remember um, Pogba disappeared in in in, uh, in that game. Uh, in my opinion, in Feb. Uh, yeah. Do you think? Um, obviously, at home it, it will be a different game. But is he that vital for your midfield? Because I, I see the talent, and I mean he's a huge talent. But uh, let's say Pirlo doesn't, uh, you know, he's a substitute and doesn't start the game. Is Pogba the one to 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 bring the creativity? No, it's actually strange. He is the player who brings creativity, but we've tried, when Pirlo hasn't been around, we've tried Vidal playing in that role with the other two pushing forward, the other two being Marquisio um, and Pogba. We've tried Pogba in that role with the other two going forward and back, just working as that. We've tried everyone in the Pirlo role, but for me the best one is actually Marquisio because he's the most who you're willing to sacrifice his attacking talent just to put him in that role. You're not willing to sacrifice Vidal and... Pogba going forward. Pogba we need it because I think we're a bit lightweight sometimes and he offers an athletic ability. So he knows how to control the ball, keep hold of it um, and go forward, dribble. He adds that vertical edge that we sometimes lack. So in that sense he's essential. If we put him further back then we're we're too reliant on Asamoa and Isla, uh, sorry, Asamoa, Isla or Lichsteiner, whoever's playing on that side to get their act together and have that whole fluidity, whereas he can add something else. Um, I think that would be the best plan to do, is play Marquisio deep, and then the other two give them that ability to sort of overcome. And I think Pogba is essential for that, just because Strootman will be quite difficult to handle. And I think that will be interesting, because they're both quite athletic, both physical, both good at both stages of the game. Yeah, no, that's, a, that's a really good point, and... You know, it's interesting to hear you talk about those trying to figure out the the right personnel in the right slot. And I think the last couple of years, that was pretty much exactly Roma's, you know, part of Roma's problems, uh, especially in the midfield with guys playing out of position. And and I I think that's the the one value that, um, you know, obviously Strutman's brought more values to the team. But when you look at the, his his ability to make everybody else play slot into the roles that they're most comfortable with by him being able to play the role that he's most comfortable with it has really created that that midfield that we've seen and and uh you know sometimes you know we, we, I wrote a, a piece last year on on um you know identifying roles and you know we've talked a little bit about this year how one of Garcia's tactics and and ways that he employs his players is you know, it's to not get locked in your left, your center, your middle, your midfield, your forward. It's find the open space, take advantage of, you know, what the defense is giving you and, uh, and, and move forward in that regard with regards to the midfield and the forwards. And that kind of thinking has just worked perfectly into the personnel that Roma has. And for the first time in a really long time, you have the personnel and the coach basically on the same page with what they're capable of doing and what he wants them to do. And I think that's been a large part of their first-half success. Out of curiosity, how worried are you guys about getting a red card? How worried, uh, or how worried are we about getting a red card? Yeah, you have certain characters that can maybe be provoked into doing something stupid. Like, um... Are you telling me that this is Juventus' plan going into January 5th? 
Well, you have won two red cards in two consecutive games against us, so we're kind of hoping you'll do it again. <laughs> but, um, well, we've lost Osvaldo, so there goes one seriously. red card ready to happen. Um, I, I mean, from a depth perspective, it, it concerns me, um, but it also depends on where that red card is. So yeah. I would say that it, it, it impacts me on a per-game basis like it has in the past, uh, but I'd say from a depth perspective, depending upon who has the red, it would concern me. You know, we've we've had players suspended at, at multiple times this season, and it's been pretty much all, all the big guns. We've had Benatia, we've had Castan, De Rossi recently. Um, you know, for for one game or for more, and, and we've done okay. Um, obviously, you don't want to go down to ten minutes against a team like Juva, but I think the team has shown a lot of character in, in situations like that, and um, especially against Udinese, we saw Garcia bring in on Bradley, making the right call and getting us the win. So, with Garcia, I'm a little bit more trustworthy, but um. I wouldn't be necessarily concerned about getting one beforehand. I'm not very optimistic about the game to begin with, so um Why? I I, I, I can't I can't attitude. see it happening. I just can't see cuz it's just realistically I think that um you know, I I'm I'm thrilled with how the season's gone so far, but this this game has so much weight upon upon it that no matter what happens, it, people are going to get carried away either way. So I I usually just assume the worst in situations like this and we take it from there. I have to agree with Julian. I actually believe Roma will lose away and win at home. So um, I, I guess it's just the home advantage that makes me say that. So both teams are are great. So let's. Um, <laughs> I agree. I agree. I mean, what we're going to try to do is hopefully kidnap your number two who sits up in the stands and helps Rudy Garcia deploy his men. <laughs> and then we have to, and then you have to entirely rely on this coach to make every decision. But I don't know, actually. This game has scared me. I mean, the, the beginning I would have told you, yeah, I still think we can overcome you, just on a psychological level as well. You might be a bit too geared up for it, um, and, and that would make the difference. But the more I think about it and the more I'm going into the game, I think that you possess the type of qualities that would trouble us. So especially if you play that kind of intense game that we saw like against Fiorentina, for example, when you switched it on and you didn't sort of, there were times you looked like you switched off, but when you when you were on, it was amazing to watch. I mean, we have the we have uh, the potential is there, and as long as we defend as we used to, I don't expect this to be a a game with many goals. Uh, but if if Juve gets that early goal uh, and maybe a second, um, I think it can break us down uh, in a different oh, that way. That sounds than, familiar. Yeah, exactly. I think we might. Uh, uh, get that uh, familiar, horrible feeling. Um, I don't know, but then if you think about it, Alex, the, we've only, I'm trying to think, against Parma we went down first, we conceded first, and then against Atalanta was it, where we needed that late equalizer. And in both cases, I think we actually played a lot better once we had conceded. It was almost as if the fear was just conceding the goal. Once it was conceded, the game opened up a little bit, and we against Parma we stormed back to score three times, and then against... Atalanta, we had that late equalizer from Strutman. Obviously, Juve are a much bigger and better team, but um, I don't know. I think psychologically there might be something there. But yeah, I do, I do think you're better now when you can see. I, I, I can agree with that. Also, you have a much better hero mentality. And I was saying this before, like you, you really step up when you need to, whether it's a wonderful challenge from a defender or, or something special from a midfield to get a goal. It, it's a lot like we don't want it. Like There's no way you want to be defeated. And you will work so hard until that whistle to either get back on the scoreline, to, to, you know, to grab a goal, or to defend and make sure you get the points, which I don't think you've ever had before, at least not in the last five years. Yeah, and and I think there's a there's a lot of different players in this make in the team that and the makeup of those players is different. I think more than anything, I think that was a large part of why they went after Benatia, a uh, very strong-willed guy. Um, and for going, going to a team that was weak in his position area, number one, number two, weak willed in general. Um, I think, you know, it was, it was really a, a perfect fit and he has kind of managed that line. I think when you look at the Sanctus, who we really haven't talked about much, how much he solidified that back line and how much he organizes that group. So finally, you've got a back three as consistent as they've been of the Sanctus and then Castan and Benatia, who are very vocal and very much in control of what that defense is doing. 
Um, and then conversely, when you add Stecklenburg, who n- didn't bother to learn the language, and uh, <laughs> the center backs in there that you know weren't worth uh, too much when they when you put them together uh, individually. You know, obviously we had a lot of good thoughts on uh, Marquinhos, but um, when you look at what this combined unit the, of three has done. Uh, I think you've really seen a, a revamped defense, but also a revamped almost leadership level uh, on the pitch where they are controlling things. They are very loud. They're very vocal. And that kind of attitude has been uh, infectious throughout the rest of the team. I agree. I have to ask you guys, people talk about this game, the Juventus-Roma, as it's you know the season decider, but... Even though I, I, I kind of, ex- I'm not expecting a loss, but I, I, it's like I won't give up I- even with a loss. But it seems like people are talking about eight p- points will be too much. But uh, um, like I said, I believe we will take uh, on Juventus and win at home. And I, if we keep the same consistency uh, the next half, uh, I'm, I'm hoping that Juventus will focus on, on winning, the, winning the Europa League at home. Uh, since they have the final uh, at the uh, stadium, yeah. So I mean, is 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 it the really last... the deciding game? This I don't I don't buy into that. But still, but it's it, it's the other game, which will be in your stadium, will be on the last day of the season. So you're banking on going into that level on points, or in a way that you can overcome, because that will be the last match of the season. Yeah, so that might make the difference. Exactly. Yeah. The, the the title will be determined by all the games they play against everybody else, not each other. Right. Exactly, yeah. But do you think uh, Europa League, how do you see Juventus? Uh, will it drain them uh, with strength? Because this is a, a topic we had on the La Magicast before, because uh, we have been you know, uh, unsure whether we want to, Juventus to progress in the Champions League or not. Julian's a fan of this topic. Yeah, I know. But in, in terms oh, of Europa League, how do you see Juventus and to focus on, on, on winning that? Well, they better take it seriously because I'm one of those very pro-Italy type of people where I don't care what it does to us as long as we help Italy. I just think that should be the main thing for every team. Agreed. Um, and, you know, it's, it's important. I hate it when, I mean, you know what happened to be being patriotic? You've got to support the Italian cause. I don't want some, you know, Bulgarian team to have a one up on the, on the Italian side. Why? Um, anyway, having said all of that, um, I do really want to take this seriously. I, I have a feeling that we don't need to. Does that make sense? That against Trabzonspor, they're what, seventh in the, oh, they are Turkish. And we, we don't have a very good feeling about playing in Turkey, but <laughs> I, uh, I, I do think that even, and we've seen this in the last games against Atalanta or whatever, Juventus are now have a, a method and a way of playing that even if you bring on the likes of Peluso and, and you play Asimo in midfield or you throw in Isla, who's always disappointed, but doing a little bless of that this year, Padouin, they still win. Because now they have a, a fluidity, so they've got a little bit more confidence. They have that air of like, yeah, you can't really overcome us. So even if they were to rotate the squad, I still think they're capable of winning it, and they will be rotating the squad when they are playing in Europe League. I believe that the only time we will take a, a match seriously will be if Fiorentina get through, and so do we, and we have to play each other, and then it's about pride. Yeah. Right. Um, and un- until the latter stages, then perhaps that's when we'll take it even more seriously. But even when we were playing Champions League football, we had Real Madrid, we had that. There was still a good side playing in Serie A because this is still a team led by Conte. And, and I think as much as people like to tell me it's all about the squad, I think the coach is just as important. Well said. All right. Well, do we have questions? Uh, at the question stage of the podcast? We had one question, actually. So... Um... But it was about the transfer window, and uh, uh, Chris Coleman asked us if we want to offload Bordisso and Borriello uh, in January or keep until summer for Team Smurral's sake. Is anyone really buoyed by the presence of Borriello and Bordisso? Is there, would their absence be a morale issue? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man, a genuine question here. I'm not sure. Uh, I, I think that... Uh, they feel the team has bonded around those guys, uh, especially Borriello as he was, you know, seven feet out the door, uh, at the, uh, the summer transfer window. 
uh, and then all the things that they did, uh, you know, to after they kept him, and he's been a great sport. So I think in that regard is probably contract is is what the the question is is kind of angled towards. Yeah. Well, Bertizzo, we know is leaving, you know, sooner than later. His contract's almost up, so it's either this window or next one. He's, he's gone. Um, right. Bordiello is, is tougher to offload because he, how many years does he still have left on his deal? It's got to be eighteen months. Is it? Is it just eighteen months? Okay, so you know, still uh, a little bit later maybe than we all would want, but his days are probably numbered. I can't see him getting an extension. Um, certainly not with the salary he has. Um. And, uh, I mean, that's the reason why we haven't gotten rid of him so far, isn't it? We just can't, we can't find a team that wants to pay those kind of wages for him. No. No, I don't expect too much transfer activity, like, uh, I said, many rumors, but not too much action. So, but will, uh, will Juventus do much, do you think, Mina? Obviously, we want to see what they do because they, we are fighting them for title. The, yeah, if we want to say that. I mean, we, we might be out of the to. race in, in a couple of weeks, who knows, but, um, Will they do much, do you think? No, I really don't think so. And, and to be honest, I don't really want to at the moment. I'd much rather, I'd much rather save up and buy somebody well worth it or do a, if anything, I think it's just time to offload people like Paolo Di Shelley. We, we have a little bit too many on that occasion. Um, we've already got Federico Peluso. We don't need another one. Um, we need a winger. So if anyone does come, it might be Menes. Maybe you can tell us a bit about him. Worth it? <laughs> <laughs> he, he was uh, actually quite uh, okay when uh, he played with Vucinic. So uh, maybe yeah. you should... Yeah, had a good partnership. Yeah, you should start playing uh, Vucinic because they never work back. They just keep pushing forward. So could open Vucinic, some... we might have to sell because he, we have a little too many forwards. Um, Torino are interested in Jovinko, so we might give him away to... Well, at least half of him to them. That, that's uh, not going to go a lot. <laughs> then we're not left with that many options. But Vucinic commands a good transfer, so we would make money off him. I, for me, I would be really upset if we lost Vucinic. So I'd, I hope that doesn't happen. Um, we are after Nangolan, but somehow I, I believe that won't happen. PSG has just entered the race, and you know what PSG like. They bid 70 million straight away on everyone, so... <laughs> I, I hope that it just stays the same and we wait until the summer. You, 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 I always say Juventus seem interested in ex-Roma players, so... Uh... Maybe uh, Osvaldo. Yeah, we do. <laughs> Osvaldo or Lamela. I love Osvaldo. I love Os. No, Lamela. Lamela enters seriously strong, like obsessed with it at the moment. So that's all I ever seem to read in the paper. Says, oh, Inter's been on Lamela. Yeah. I don't know if that's that's going that would, to happen. That would. I think that would kill all of us. I think a little part of our souls would just just dry up at the uh, seeing him in an Inter jersey. Yeah, you know what it is? It, I have no pro- for me, I have a problem with any player who's young playing under Mazzari. I just think that he just, he just, yeah. he just, I, I find him to be such an overrated coach. Um, and I want to cry every time I watch that team because of what they're doing to Kovacic. I want to cry. So I really don't want to give them Lamela in all honesty. Have you guys heard the rumor that, um, I, I think it's pretty funny actually, so I want to see what you guys think, but there's, um, uh, stuff going around Twitter that, uh, Roma's transfer policy is just to follow Milan's targets. Have you guys heard this? <laughs> yeah. Really? Yeah. I, 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 there, there are angry Milan accounts who, um, who swear that, you know, all, all Sabatini does is, is look at who Milan's interested in, and then he swoops for him and he gets them. But it kind of um, does seem a bit like that when you think about it, D'Ambrosio, Nangolan now. Doesn't seem to be like that, doesn't it? Those those do seem uh, current Milan level targets, I have to say. But I thought it was interesting because if that were the case, we know that Silvio does open his wallet from time to time to get the players he wants, and we know that Milan definitely have the prestige um, and the titles to their name that Roma don't have. So if that were the case, why why do Strutman, Benatia, why do they end up at Rome? I find it very interesting. I do, did they did they heavily actually chase Benatia at the time? I don't know. I'm not sure. I don't think there's really anything to this. I, it just amuses me to, to see some of these tweets. Sometimes. I think the I think the fans wanted Benatia. Oh, and Lighted, sorry. That's that's certainly true. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I think it really comes down to when you look at Roma in the past two years, we've misfired. But there's always been the sense that there, there was really a project under works here, and Rudy Garcia has a man with very clear plans, and he's definitely a much more convincing coach than Allegri is. Um, I, and um, I mean, Strutman said it before. He said as soon as he talked to Garcia, he knew he wanted Roma. Um, 
so I mean that might be the real difference between the two sides right now is just that we have a coach and and a kind of a framework in place to hopefully go on and do some great things and Milan kind of look lost. I think yeah, definitely. If I was going to pick a side, I'm going to pick a side that is is really making a conscious effort to change and and make themselves better. Whereas I don't think Milan is selling themselves very well, not just because of what they're doing on the pitch, because I I do a little bit feel sorry for Allegri, even though I. I don't like him very much. I, I do feel sorry for him. I think the management is just, it's chaos, you know. Is Gagliani doing wrong? Is what's Barbara Berlusconi thinking? Who's really fighting in the background, you know? And, and you don't want to join a team that just seems to not be that interested in winning anymore. Yeah. And I think even no matter how much they did well in the end of last season, you have a genuine belief that they're just coasting along. So you're probably, I mean, Strutman, he talks to somebody like Rudy Garcia who tells him, this is my plan, this is how I want to play you, I want to do this with you, I want to do that with you. It works because that's how Juve got Vidal. I mean, Bayern Munich were chasing him and were like, no, listen, this is what we want to do. We're going to make you a star. We want to put you in our big... It's how Higuain chose Napoli because it's players feeling important and somebody taking a genuine interest in listening to what they want. Yeah, great point. Yeah, I think a, a, the one, or not the one, but an interesting difference between uh, Strutman and some of those other guys, uh, Strutman was in a position where he was, you know, the, the guy at his team already. And yes, yeah, smaller league, but so the suitors were larger and many in terms of country. Uh, whereas somebody like Iguain was coming from the larger team, but he wasn't the guy there. So he needed that much more than Strutman did mm, in terms yeah. of uh, that coddling and, and letting, hey, listen, you, you're gonna, you can come back and be the superstar again. Um, whereas Strutman, you know, I mean, he had Man United and, and Milan and, you know, a host of other teams that were all basically saying the same thing. You're a superstar where you are, and we want you to be a superstar where we are. Uh, and I really think, you know, like you said, Mina, I, I think it was a, the rapport between the probably very similar personalities between Strutman and Garcia that, that helped that, uh, that love connection, if you will. I think also, like, you know, play it, like teams such as Manchester United, who made such a big error and, and so many of how they chase their players. I think when it comes to chasing people like Strutman, who would have been a wonderful player for them, it was a right. case of, yeah, you're definitely on our target, but you know, we kind of prefer if we got Fabregas. Does that make sense? It's a, it's a case. We're going to go yeah. for him, but you're you're really good, you know. Like as in, and then they got we Fellaini. Get him, we'll get you. Whereas Roma's probably like, screw everyone. We want you. We don't want anyone else. You're our king, you know. And I'd much rather go with somebody who thinks I'm the queen. <laughs> Indeed. All right. Um, just I have to ask you, Mina, if you could compose a starting eleven with only Roma and Juventus players, how many Roma players would you uh, see in the lineup? Probably go for their attack. I'm being really harsh on our attack. I do like our attack. Um, okay. I would have Benatia, Barzagli, and Chiellini. I'm sorry, I'm going to go for Buffon. I'd have Pirlo. Oh, this is difficult when it comes to the midfield. Vidal and De Rossi. Yeah, but that's a bit too physical maybe, isn't it? No, I think that could be good. It could work. And then I'd go for Totti. Um, I don't know who I would go for forward-wise. I like Destro a lot. Gervinho? For the pace? (laughs) I can't. His finishing just... I know he he does like 50% right, but 50% wrong, but his 50% right is so right that you're willing to forgive the other 50%, you know? But then I'm, I'm not such a huge fan of Tevez sometimes because he's so good, but he's so instinctive and he's so individualistic sometimes. And you're like, dude, drag the defender out of the way so someone else can do something if you can't, you know? I, I don't know if he does that so well. So I would go for Totti. Oh, this is annoying. I'm going for Totti. You know something. something. <laughs> <laughs> he's my yeah. captain on this combined team. I, I do think Tevez is maybe a little bit better and maybe Destro. So, Benatia, De Rossi, Totti, and Destro. Yeah, so quite a few. I'm being nice, you know, I'll be honest. I'd much rather our players. <laughs> I would say, but without having to name names, I would say Mina's ratio is probably very accurate. Yeah. I would, the only thing I want to add is that, um, if, if you pick any of the midfielders from the club, I would be tempted to just take the whole midfield from either one because I think they work so well together. I'm not sure yeah. I want to. 
come up exactly. for either of them. That's such That's a good such point, a good by the way, because when you think about it, it's it's one person provides this, one person provides that, and in, in the yeah. team, both of them, I think that's what's so good about both these teams, that they're so finely balanced, you know? And if Milan just had a bit more balance in their midfield, it'd be a better team too. Yeah, and, right. and additionally, with that balance, it's the balance within their individual skills, but also within the system that the coach has laid forth. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 100%. So I think it's, it's tough, but I, you know, they, I will say this, they have way more depth than we do. I would love to take a few of, of their, of their bench players and solve them with a few of our bench players. Who, who, which round of bench of players would you want from you, man? Uh, Caceres, I would take in a heartbeat. Um, would you? I would. I would. I think he's fantastic depth to have, especially for your club. Um, and for us, I think, you know, if, if we had Benatia or, um, Castan go down, I'd love to see a guy like Caceres step up. Um, just next time you Caceres plays for Juve, I just want you to put a Twitter search on him and just read what the Spanish say about him. It's actual okay. abuse all, all Is through it really? the, it really see, I was upsets me. That, uh, most of the Juventini liked him a lot. I, I didn't realize. We do. We love I, I, him. But for some reason, oh, okay. the Spanish really hate him. I, I it's just a Spanish. Him. Yeah, I don't know whether it's something to do, like, I don't know where he's from or something that he did when he was in Spain, but it's total abuse from any anything, any tweet written in Spanish is total abuse about him. I'll have to keep an eye out on that. Who else Quadriana. is on the bench? I would probably, I like Guadalajara a lot. I liked, uh, probably liked him a little bit more three years ago, but he's still pretty decent. Although again, you know, the, the forward is the one place we kind of have a lot of depth and, and not so much at the same time. You, you guys know, you, Greg and Alex, you've talked about this before. You know, we have Gervinho and Totti and Florenzi and Destro and Borriello and, um. Lalich. Lalich. Uh, LJ. Um, I like Gervinho a lot too. I think he's a good player. Um, but he probably like needs you. to start. What's that? I don't like Gervinho. I don't, I, I don't, no? I don't see it. I just don't see what's there. I think he's got a nice creative spark, but it's, it's gotta be, I've only really seen it if he's playing very consistently. Um, and I, I don't think he's ever really worked out that well at Juve. So I don't think it'd be too big of a loss for Juve if, if he were to leave. I would definitely take Osvaldo in a heartbeat if I had the choice. I, I think he's, I genuinely think he's a genius. I just think he's a very flawed genius. But maybe if he is in a town like Turin, which is not as exciting as living in Rome, and he wasn't given that sort of status where he has to convert and do something special, then maybe he might do a little bit better. Um, not that he's, you know, outstanding in the Premier League or anything at the moment, but he does everything. And when he he ha- has levels of skill that I've never, I haven't seen in so long, other than maybe Zlatan Ibrahimovic. Obviously, I'm not counting the top players, but he can really be amazing when he wants to be. And perhaps with Conte, I think that he would be great. But as a substitute or uh, in for yeah a sub yeah okay I think he can do more than than Llorente or Tevez. The problem is is that he's not as disciplined as they are. Yeah, uh, that's the that's I don't know if, his character is the problem. I don't know if Conte would put up with him though, because as as good as he can be, and we've seen that for Roma. I mean, the two years he was at the club, he was the leading scorer for the side both years. Um, but he he it's always the good with the bad with him. It's it's. It's it's always the goal in the red or uh, slapping Lamella and scoring a brilliant overhead kick. It was always so much he, – he always brought so much controversy with him that it was – as much as his goals were, were great, it became a question of when do you – when do you have to get rid of, uh, you know, the bad guy in the locker room for the sake of the good of the team? When he scores as the little or, or the smaller amount that he was. If he was putting in 25 a year, then you can kind of put up with it. But he still, but Greg, he still was our top scorer. I mean, it wasn't, he, he had 15 goals, was it, last season in the league? That's fine. You could be the top scorer with seven. I mean, it still doesn't mean anything. No, but he had (laughs) two years with us. I think he almost hit 20, almost 30 goals in the league, which is, which is pretty good. That, I mean, that's not like Robin Van Persie levels or anything like that, but that's still, that's a respectable amount. It's not like he was getting seven. It's respectable, yes, but you ask the question, what's the line? And I'm saying it's gotta be a lot more than what he was giving. I think the team made the right move, is is all I'm saying. Now, do you think if he was scoring, let's say, over 20 goals a season, you think it would have been worth keeping him under Garcia? Yes, if he was more prolific, yes. If he scored 20, over 20 goals uh, no, I get that. for a different coach than Salmon, then maybe. But do you think that he would be this mad? I mean, l- let's be honest, he was under Zeman, 
who he's crazy himself. Um, Luis Enrique before him perhaps didn't really have the right character to deal with that kind of character with with you know Osvaldo. Do you think maybe if he had someone like Rudy Garcia and the kind of management cohesion that you've got going now, that he would still be such a huge problem? I I think that there's definitely the option or the opportunity that that could have improved, or that he could have been better under Garcia. Garcia seems to have a lot more control over the locker room than than the other two did. Uh, but that's why you don't piss in your bed, you know, with the coaches that you have before, yeah. because he yeah. his opportunity with the other coaches. So he'll never we'll never get to find out because he he screwed it up, basically. Yeah, that's true. He can be though. He he certainly had matches where he would go invisible for a little bit, then pop up with the goal. Um but he I thought he was always a really nice focal point for the attack, especially under Zayman. With him on the pitch, it seemed like our attack knew what to do, knew where to go. You'd have Totti on the left kind of drifting in, you'd have Lamella on the other side and Osvaldo kind of focusing everyone in the middle. Um but then again, you look at the attack now, and it's so different, but it's so, it's worked so well when everyone's healthy. You just wonder if they would have that kind of cohesion if, if, uh, Osvaldo was starting instead of, uh, Gervinho, or if he played, would Florenzi have ever, you know, had his breakout role on the wing? You know, there's, there's just so many, there's so many variables to really take into account. Yeah, yeah he was definitely a luxury that, that had to be sold on, you know, what's, what was going on with Roma now. He, he was a luxury, so. It's better that you got rid of him. If, if anything, it was Lamella that I was most disappointed that you got rid of. But the yeah. others, I could totally understand why you did everything you did. Yeah. Um, just to add uh, a point to the Osvaldo, uh, I don't see him staying in England despite the amazing goal against uh, Manchester City. Uh, oh, what a goal. Yeah. I mean, he has his moments. He might be... Uh, having a, a second half uh, season where he excels, but I, I really see him back in Spain or Italy uh, the next season or, or in two years. I don't see him staying put in if, uh, and playing for Southampton. So maybe Inter, who knows? Inter could definitely do with a striker. Yeah, yeah. I mean Icardi. Oh my God, that's probably my favorite moment of Serie. A is the Icardi story? What a, what a guy. I have to be honest, I haven't really followed it. You haven't heard? So I don't really know. No, I, I've, I've bits and pieces. I'm exactly sure what's been going on. Maybe maybe you should say it anyway, just to fill in the other listeners who perhaps like me don't know about it. It's really quick. She's Maxi Lopez's wife. Well, not anymore. Like, <laughs> Wanda was married to Maxi Lopez. They were three best friends, like the three amigos, hang out together, travel together, and then all of a sudden these two fell in love. And he would go onto Twitter to be like, my love, Wanda, I cannot imagine my life without you. Went out, got a tattoo with her, with her, with her on it. She went and did exactly the same on Twitter, and now it's just really embarrassing for Maxi Lopez. It's the most horrible thing to happen, is to have this guy who's your teammate steal your, your girl. Yeah. Maybe no, maybe not too Roma related, but I would definitely swap uh, Osvaldo with Icardi because I think uh, if if I were uh, Mazzari, because I I think Icardi is is going get, to get his heart broken in a year or two. <laughs> I think it's a really special talent, but I'm more perplexed by the fact they've spent 11 million on half of Belfodil, who they don't ever believe in. So. <sighs> Yeah. Why, why buy this player? Why buy any youngster when you've got Mazzari in charge? You know, let, let's just stick to Cambiasso. Let's maybe try to recall Wesley Schneider because these are the type of players that he likes. Alright, so Greg, do you want to go into the highlights of the season? Your own pick, maybe? Ah, uh, boy. Sure. Um, I think for, for me, the, the bis- biggest, best moment was De Rossi's goal in the opener. I think that just really ah. kind of the, the exhale that the entire world did as far as Roma fans are concerned uh, was, I think, heard by and felt by everyone. Uh, and, and no better than the expression on Sabatini's face um, when they showed him after the goal when he put his head in his hand and, and everybody thought it was a, a negative thing and he later, you know, explained what was going through his mind. But... Uh, I think that to me just really set the tone for the season and everybody was just like, all right, you know what? I think we're going to do this. I think we're going to be okay. Yeah, Sounds What's awfully that? familiar. Were you reading my Twitter yesterday? No. <laughs> I, I tweeted the same exact thing. 
when I said, uh, you know, best moment of the season so far, I actually put a, a video of Dorosti's goal and I said for kind of obvious yeah. reasons, but it was the, um, it was kind of the opener of the project. I guess it's a different moment now. Um, you, you, should so, know I, you should know I don't read your Twitter, so. No, I know. Um, you, you know, the 10 game winning one was great. Although honestly, I don't really care so much about going unbeaten. I, I really care more. I'm the guy, if we lose a game and win another, I'd, I'd obviously much rather that just for the points than draw two in a row just to say you're unbeaten. Um, right. but if Greg's picking a game, I'll pick a player and, um, I have to go with Benatia. He's been almost perfect. Um, he's been sensational. I've seen him make one mistake and that was letting Montari free in the box and that was completely understandable because it's Sully Montari. Um, he's, he's everywhere when he needs to be. He's super dynamic. Um, he can read the game almost perfectly. Uh, I think, honestly, I think he's the best. His These first four months I've seen him play are the best I've seen from a defender in Serie A since Thiago Silva was at Milan. It's just been sensational. Um, I think he's, he's been well worth the money. I would have probably spent that money on Ogbonne, on Benatia. What's the highlight for you as a Juventus fan? Well, I know this is going to sound, but I'm I'm happy that we haven't proper challenges for the title. At least, you know, it makes things a little bit more interesting. Just keep it going. Um, I have to say, I, I quite, I know this sounds really stupid, but I quite like it when we get slapped because we become so much better afterwards. Uh, I hated the way that Juventus played at the start of the season and then that Fiorentina game just changed everything. And since then, we've been unstoppable. Uh I don't really have a highlight of the game. I can't tell you it was a goal that made me like, you know, I have real disappointments by all means, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I've got several of them, but I don't really have highlights. No, but I'm just, I don't, maybe because I'm lucky I support a team that does well. Yeah, so. the, uh, the life of a UA fan, huh? Top of the <laughs> league and no highlights. <laughs> Must be nice. So how do you see the next couple of months? I mean, the next half season, if you, Want to do a, a, a quick? Um, well, it'd be really nice if Fiorentina learned how to defend as well. That would be make it a little bit more interesting at the top <laughs> of the table. Um, I think Mario Gomez might help them climb up the ladder a little bit. I'm never going to believe in Mansari, no matter how many examples you show me of him doing well. He's still, in my opinion, a coach that's coasted off and had a really great management in Napoli, which is why he did well for them. If I was Inter, I would have never gone for him, and it's upsetting me that they've gone for him. But really, let's be honest, barring Roma and Napoli, Napoli have it in, in place. So you hope that next season they'll be even better. But they've got, they've got a good management system. They've got money. They're going to buy in more players. If they change that defense, then they've got a really good shout for something important, you know? So at least I'm proud of them. Um, but really, you can't overlook the fact that it just seems to be Juve and Roma really at the moment. And those are the only two worth watching. I so, agree. Actually, yeah, you know, Fiorentina is also worth watching, but you know they'll do some blunder in the bag. So yeah. All right. Since we like the, the interaction with our listeners, um, Greg, be, before we wrap it up, I got a question from Jeffrey Hatch. Should I take that one to you and? Ah, put it out there. Jeff's a good guy. Let's uh, let's let it rip. Yeah. Um, given the bold moves he made in the summer and where Roma uh, Roma are now, what is your opinion of James Palotta? I don't, I don't know that James has really changed anything, uh, from the summer till now. I think he's always had a, a, a plan and he may have changed a little bit of who he wants executing the plan, but I think their plan from the very beginning, from when they took ownership has been the same. And I think they're continually working towards executing on that plan. Uh, and that, and that plan, by the way, is much, much larger than putting players on the field to play football. Yes. Yeah, he's he's ambitious, and I like that a lot. I think we've seen time and time again he, he talks about how he wants to make Roma kind of a global brand, and he wants to turn him into one of the best teams in the world. And you kind of get the feeling he genuinely wants to do it. Um, he doesn't really seem to be in this for the money. He doesn't really seem to be in this for a kind of like an ego or prestige issue. He seems to genuinely want this. Um, and that's probably the best you can hope for when you have a president of a football club. Just look at Vincent Tan, the Premier League, or I mean, we can name dozens of other examples of of um, presidents or CEOs who are kind of just in this for all the wrong reasons, and Pelota is certainly not one of them. Well, I, I'm, I'm going to make no bones about the fact that he's not in this for the money. I, I think he is in this for the money, um, but not he, in 
Right, but I not in the sense he, that like he, he knows there's a right way to do it. And then right. that's the difference. He's a business guy. I mean, he's got business ventures in sports, you know, in multiple sure. places. So he understands how, you know, that yes, we want to have success on the field, but some of that success can be bought from success off the field. And I think that's what, right. where his strengths are. Yeah, yeah. I meant, I just meant more along the lines of he's not trying to flip the club in a year. You know, it's, it's not, it's not just right. a money making thing for him. Correct. But yeah, I agree with you, said Greg. And I think we all can agree that we hope, uh, the, the, did you guys see the jersey that leaked that supposedly yes. was the Roma jersey for next season? Oh, my fingers are crossed. Yes, yeah. exactly. Although did you see the one that leaked that was supposedly people wearing that supposed jersey? <laughs> no. It, di- it didn't look quite as good on people. Um, but, uh, <laughs> let, let's hope that that was just an early prototype or whatever, cause yeah, yeah. Very, very nice. Very nice. New Year's uh, wish. Right on. All right. I think about that about does it for the show. I want to thank Alex and Julian for joining in and having all their awesome comments as always. And of course, a very, very special thanks to Mina for joining us and providing tons of Syria and worldwide football knowledge and Woo-hoo. especially uh, covering Juve and the upcoming Juventus Roma match. Thank you very much, Mina. Thank you for having me. Well, does this mean that you'll come back and do another show? Yeah, whenever you need. I mean, hopefully the next one will be on to six hours, but it's been fun. <laughs> <laughs> That's what we like to do is we like to put people on the spot on the show so that when they say, I never said that, we say, well, we've got it recorded that you did. <laughs> <laughs> See, this is why we never trust Roma fans. <laughs> <laughs> right on. All right, well, thanks, everybody, and until next time, grazie Roma. Ciao. Ciao. Ciao.